1: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss.
0: Farm Talk with Dairy Gold,
2: Post Calver Gold, your trusted feeding partner for your dairy herd this spring
3: on C103. Hello and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Mairead Tuig. On the programme we reflect on Farm Safety Week, tips and advice for when temperatures are high, the fair deal scheme, we hear the latest from MACRA and the 11 peaks in 11 weeks challenge. And John O'Connor has the stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. Farm Safety Week organisers have been encouraging farmers to rethink safety and be more aware of the everyday risks and how to reduce them. Farmers are being urged to take regular short breaks and build enjoyment into the working day to help alleviate stress. This year's Farm Safety Week featured video testimonial from farm accident survivor Eileen O'Driscoll in West Cork and the impact on her life. Eileen farms with her husband, Paul Drake, in Skibbereen and suffered a livestock related injury in 2015. The video also Features first responders who discuss the challenge of coming to the aid of somebody who's had an accident.
4: My name is Eileen O'Driscoll. I'm living here in Coolbourne. I'm married to my husband Pawdick, just over 40 years. It was March 2015, Mother's Day, and Pawdick and myself went to check our suckler herd of limousine cows. But when we got there, one cow was due to calve, so we decided we would bring her back to the shed in case of calving difficulties that she would be inside if she needed veterinary assistance. The very next thing I knew I was flat on the ground.
5: Well I suppose one of the biggest mistakes we made was for a start off we didn't put our health and safety plan in place. Uh, we didn't have a plan B or an exit plan and uh, of course on the, the third one then was uh, we didn't have our mobile phone on us at the time. Um, on
4: the particular day of Eileen's accident um, we were tasked by the HSE ambulance to provide support for the helicopter so on arrival here at the scene um, our crew would have you know, secured a landing site and provided um, patient transfer facility to the helicopter
5: as well. My first feeling would be of helplessness and wondering exactly what, what I was going to do to, to try to salvage as much as I could or rescue my wife.
4: I was airlifted to Cork University Hospital with multiple fractures. After spending some time there where I got exceptional care, I returned home. But it was only after coming home that it dawned on me the extent the change the accident I've made in my life. And do not think for one second that it cannot happen to you. Yes, it can. As a volunteer at the Irish Coast Guard, and my message to farmers would be to slow down and take their time before doing an activity on the farm. Think safety first.
3: Thanks to the IFA for allowing us to air their video of Eileen's story. Former Ireland rugby captain Rory Best teamed up with Specsavers for Farm Safety Week to highlight the impact that excessive noise exposure can have on your hearing. He has been speaking with Osheen Langan.
6: You work on farms, you're from a farm, so you know
7: how important it is to look after your hearing if you're in this environment.
1: Yeah, massively, and I think that probably do a little bit of work with my dad on this campaign as well. has been really enlightening for me and, and him talking about how it used to be. And, and actually in terms of, of overall farm safety, how far the agricultural community has come in terms of all of that. But but just that what we take a bit for granted now, you know what we look back in 10, 20 years and think, well, that was a bit, that was a bit ridiculous. So um, I think it's, it's a really important thing to make sure, first of all, to protect your hearing. It is a it is a heavy industry. Um, if you're working in a factory floor, there would be all the safety protocols that you'd have to go through and, and one of those would most definitely be some sort of air protection. And in the farming community we just kind of take that a bit, I'm oh, sure it'll be grand. And that's the sort of um, that's the sort of attitude that, that you're trying to get rid of um, from a prevention point of view. But also I think from a from a sheer health and welfare point of view, to get your hearing checked, to see exactly where you are now. And if that's a a baseline measure now, to sort of keep as part of your your annual health check, to keep that up to date, to make sure it's not getting any worse. And if it is getting worse, that you can actually do something about it. And that was, again, listening to my dad, that was the big enlightenment for him was when I got on board with Specsavers in the audiology department was about getting him tested. It was one of the first things we did and how it's improved his quality of life and how he can track it back potentially to the farm being the problem with it but also now that he's done something about it and he is able to hear better it's safe from the farm because he can he can hear things coming and he can hear other people um but just from a sheer quality of life that it has increased because they are telling a really interesting story that the bit the sort of decibels that he struggles to hear most is the grandkids, and they're the ones that he wants to hear the most. So it really has helped him a lot in that regard.
3: Farming is one of the most dangerous professions in the country, accounting for 50% of all fatal workplace-related deaths. Minister of State with responsibility for farm safety, Martin Hayden, is appealing to farmers to keep safety a priority.
7: What we need farmers to do is incorporate farm safety into every task that they undertake in every day. Um, People who suffer a life-changing injury are... Uh, who lose a loved one to a farm safety incident, never expect it to happen to them. Um, And therefore, farmers need to understand that, you know, they have to assess the risk in every task they undertake.
2: In the current hot summer weather, consideration should be given to the water needs of dairy cows, which can be vulnerable to heat stress. Increased availability of drinking water supplies will be appreciated by the animals. A dairy cow's water intake in the current weather can reach 130 litres per day. Feed intake can be expected to reduce. Water consumption may rise dramatically in current exceptionally high temperatures. Cows may consume 30% to 50% of their daily water intake within an hour after milking. An adequate supply of good, clean drinking water for dairy cows will help sustain yield during stressful temperatures of 20 degrees plus. Milk yield in cows with heat stress can be expected to drop significantly. Cows, which have not been treated with a fly repellent, can become irritated and ill at ease during hot weather, again potentially impacting on milk yield. Livestock owners who are around for the 2018 drought may have valuable experience of helping dairy animals and livestock in general cope and prosper in these challenging conditions. John O'Connor for Farm Talk.
3: The National Dairy Council has conducted research into consumer attitudes and understanding of Irish dairy. It coincides with the Climate Action Bill. The National Dairy Council wants everyone to know that there's one Irish cow for every three Irish people. Six out of ten people surveyed chose Daisy as the best cow's name. The oldest cow in Ireland, aged 24 and living in West Clare, is called Molly. One in eight Irish people believe that Irish dairy products, milk, cheese, butter... are
4: Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
5: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
3: The best in the world. 45 million people around the world consume Irish dairy. Irish
2: Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association National Beef Committee Chair Mr Edmund Graham says the beef task force must be wound down and priority now given to the establishment of a strong beef regulator. And he asserted that over the course of the beef task force it had become abundantly clear to his organisation, the ICSA, that the position of the primary producer was not being strengthened in any significant way. He went on to say existing mechanisms were not delivering fairness for beef farmers. He said the only way to a level playing field was with a regulator who was equipped with all the necessary powers and resources. He went on to say that we'd seen the Grant Thornton organisation being unable to deliver transparency around the price composition of the total value of the animal, including the fifth quarter, along the supply chain – Indeed, he claimed, it had proved to be an impossible task, as, he said, they simply could not get their hands on the required data. Neither processor nor retailer were compelled to cooperate, and therein lay the difficulty. Mr Graham warned they must not be allowed to shirk what he called their responsibility towards their suppliers any longer. Competition laws, he contended, had also proven to be of little value.' And he claimed it had become evident with ICSA discussions with the CCPC that a finer instrument than competition law was required when it came to the beef sector. That instrument must be a regulator. A regulator who is knowledgeable about the sector, properly resourced and armed with clear investigative powers. A regulator would have the ability to forensically audit the books and all of this must be backed by robust legislation. The ICSA National Beef Committee Chairman, Mr Edmund Graham, said that his organisation, the ICSA, believed the beef task force had now reached the end of its natural life, but it must not mark the end of dialogue, particularly when it comes to implementing outstanding agreements, most notably the installation of way bridges to facilitate live weights at factories. The ICSA is proposing a mechanism, he said, whereby the minister would chair discussions between the farming organizations and the factory bosses on a regular basis with a view to delivering consistent fair play for farmers and a better future for beef farmers. Part of a statement there from the ICSA National Beef Chair, Mr. Edmund Graham. John O'Connor for Farm Talk.
3: Welcome back, Marco Sullivan B&T Dairy Advisor with Chagask joins us on the programme. Our chat opens with a look at Farm Safety Week.
6: It's been on all week, um, a couple of the things. There's lots of information first of all on the Chagask and the IFA websites on it. But what I've taken on off it um, is eliminating and reducing risks. And I suppose there's two parts I that I've taken is the organisation. I suppose better organisation leads to better time efficiency, which in return... Uh, means that you're spending less time at your jobs but you're reducing the risk um, and I suppose from that organisational side of it, everything on the farm I would say should have a place um, and knowing where to find it and this will help time as well, preparing for jobs and I suppose last, last week, 10 days ago I was on a farm and a uh, big job done on the workshop um, maybe it might be an opportunity to escape the sun uh, and get into the workshop and maybe and try and sort it out Um but I suppose on the livestock side of it as well, like we know, eighteen percent of the fatalities in the last ten years or so um, is directly involved livestock. So I suppose a lot of um, a lot of the out farms now during the summer, farmers will be starting to move stock around, um, and I suppose it's about checking them fences as well, just to make sure that they are stock proof, and a lot of the vegetation will have um, come up under the wire. So maybe. Not to spray them but maybe to strim under them um if it is hurting in places. And I suppose from the the other big thing in the quad safety and vehicles, um we just there's videos that are very useful um to watch on the on the short clips on the websites. And I suppose the last thing I suppose more practical that's right in the season is the bulls, uh, particularly on the dairy farms, are getting hopefully they're going to be less active we'll say. Um and potentially, I would always say to clients that really we shouldn't be getting our bulls in the tractor if we can um, to have some protection um, as they're getting a small, a small bit giddy or potentially.
3: And uh, we mentioned the fine weather there at the moment and we're, we're very lucky to have it, but some farmers now, they're upgrading roadways because the weather is so good.
6: Yeah, I suppose it's a, an ideal opportunity from that point of view. Um, again, just on two farms in the last two weeks I was on, both doing jobs, completely separate. One was resurfacing, and I suppose cleaning off the sides of the roadways. Um, and I, he was asking me the question, when is the best time to clean them off? And I suppose the attitude is before they get bad. That's my message with cleaning off them. So cows will basically use the full width of the roadways. Um, so to, to where the where the fall of water is, to start cleaning them off now when things are dry. And I suppose the other farmer was putting in uh, spur roadways. Again, the ground is very trafficable and it's an ideal opportunity um to put in the spur roadways. I suppose to try and reach some of the the, the harder paddocks that t- to reach on the farm.
3: And I suppose Mark, um with the dry weather now as well, is that affecting grass growth and the quality?
6: Yeah, I suppose both of them have to uh deteriorated somewhat in the last week to ten days. Um I suppose the growth rates have been dropping I suppose when we run group reports uh, growth rates are probably dropping they've dropped down to probably 50 in the last week or so um, back down from 70 in a lot of cases but again our demand or uh, is still at around 50 which is stopped at 3 cows to the hectare or just over a cow to the acre so it's still not far from panic mode compared to 2018 and uh, I know in 2018 the soil moisture deficit was three words that um, we really got to know about um, but again there's big regional variation um, and if you go onto to the Met Ayrin website Marie, it's actually very very good it give you a guide to where you're at and I know our own catchment work um, in the last number of days there's a soil moisture deficit of between 7 and 11 um, in the last few days but I know the way the weather is after the temperatures drop in a small bit um, that's likely to be less and less but as a rule we would have said if your soil moisture deficit is over fifty, in terms of responses to fertilizer, um, we'll get less and less. And I suppose I might just put into context the two different types of farms um, in terms of a dry farm and a wet farm, and maybe go through um, just a couple of points that I would be um, recommending. That obviously, with with both, you wa- try and walk the farm every couple of days, um, particularly in the drier farms first, maybe the regrowth. Um, And the freshly grazed paddocks are the ones that are going to be hit hardest in terms of growth. And as a rule, after maybe 10 days of regrowth, there should be um, a cover, and I would say maybe one fist height wise um, of cover, which will grow maybe 35 to 40% of what you'd normally graze um, in 21 days. So I would say walk them paddocks, um, and after 10 days, that will give you your biggest indication of where your regrowths are. Um, and maybe identify a couple of the paddocks of poor quality, and maybe leave them. And maybe next week, we we'll, if if we don't get rain, um, which some places have got haven't got a rain in a long time, we may have to graze them. Or if the rain is forecast, maybe to bail them and keep on track um, that they'll be cleaned in for when we head into the autumn. The wet farms. I suppose, are the the ones that are not as free-draining, I suppose. To keep 11, 12 days ahead um, is loads. Um, I notice their regrowths are still still quite good. And from a fertiliser point of view, um, a unit a day, which a lot of people are, maybe if regrowths are uh, dropping, maybe to cut that maybe to three quarters of a unit, but I would not be advising people to drop the fertilizer just yet until really we get drier. And hopefully we won't get to that stage. But it probably is a chicken chicken and egg situation on some of the drier farms, whether to go or not. But one tip, one farm was using is not to be spread on the, on the very low covers, we'd say. So go into maybe before cows graze, two or three days beforehand, there's still plenty of dew and moisture in the ground. Um, that will help dissolve the fertilizer um, and not to be going when only after a few days. Um, so, it, because of the dew obviously won't be as strong. Um, yeah, so that's really the, the, the advice. And I suppose avoid the topping at this time because um, you never know, you might need it. I would be more inclined to say skip paddocks and try and bail them if they're poor quality. Um, yeah, there's a couple of points on, on the grass side of it
3: brilliant stuff and i suppose mark you know we mentioned there throughout our chat about websites and you guys have a really comprehensive website um and plenty of tips up there and i know you mentioned videos there as well for farm safety so encouraging people to to have a look
6: yeah it is and i i've, I've been on them tuning in during the week and they are useful i know it. it when we hear farm safety in a lot of cases it's, it's not a we'll say a very uh, appetizing um Subject, but at the same time, there's many people and families that have been affected by um, accidents and tragic, in some cases. And it's probably them people that are the real drivers and their stories from from people. And I suppose if we can eliminate it um, at source and reduce the risk, um, it's brilliant. And I maybe one final point, just on the on the farms at this time of the year. And we mentioned about organisation. Um, I think it's an ideal opportunity for um, for farms to actually. Try and get in help now. There's a lot of schools um, and education um, students off that maybe they, it's a potential opportunity. But to train them up now, um, It's I know it's less busier time on in a lot of farms, but it's an ideal opportunity to train in some relief staff. Um, so they're there when we need them, maybe in the busier times of the year.
2: It's been claimed that the National Farm Income Survey shows the underlying vulnerability of farm incomes. Mr. Tim Cullen, IFA President, said that the reported overall increase in farm incomes was positive, but it did not take into account the ongoing vulnerability of the majority of Irish farms. According to the preliminary results of the Chagas National Farm Survey 2020, the national average farm income had increased from 23,600 in 2019. To 25,663 in 2020, representing an increase of 9% in farm incomes. The IFA leader said, thankfully, COVID 19 had a limited impact on agriculture. However, he said, we still have a situation where the average income for many sectors remained at critically low levels. On an agricultural sectoral basis, average farm incomes remained static or decreased for many sectors in 2020, he claimed. Tillage incomes fell by 1%, while cattle rearing remained unchanged. Sheep income grew by 24%, cattle other grew by 8%, and dairy experienced growth of 13%. It's important, he said, to remember that the average income of suckler farmers, for instance, remained at just over €9,000, while average annual earnings per employee across the entire Irish national economy was closer to €40,000. That's referred to CSO Central Statistics Office figures. Only 34% of the sample farms in the Chagas National Survey remained economically viable. 33 were sustainable and the final 33% were financially vulnerable. 52% of farms are relying on off-farm employment as an income stream. The reality is, Mr Conan said, without this income... There would be no farming taking place on most of these farms. The IFA national president concluded his review of the Chagas National Farm Survey figures by saying Direct payments account for 157%, 115%, 103% and 79% of average farm incomes in the cattle rearing, cattle other, sheep and tillage systems respectively. This, he said, emphasised the importance of ongoing capital discussions for all of the agri-sectors. Statement there from the IFA National President, Mr Tim Cullinan, reviewing the recently published preliminary results of the Chagas National Farm Survey 2020. John O'Connor for Farm Talk.
3: You're very welcome back to Farm Talk. Dairy Gold are partnered with Chagask in implementing the Farmers for Climate Action signpost programme which was launched earlier this year. John O'Connor joins us now to discuss this. John starts by elaborating on the objectives behind the signpost programme. Hi
2: Mairead. The Chagask Dairy Gold Joint Programme 2021 to. 2025 will be the vehicle through which Dairygold and Chagask will continue to work together to ensure all of Dairygold's milk suppliers will reduce their carbon footprint while delivering a more sustainable farming system. Ms. Gronia Hurley PhD, Charles Dairy Gold Joint Programme, comprehensively covers the joint program objectives in the July issue of Milk Matters magazine, and I've drawn key information from Gronia's Milk Matters Magazine article for our conversation.
3: And John, what carbon reduction targets have been set for the twenty twenty one to twenty twenty five time frame?
2: At farm level, the target of Dairy Gold Farms is to achieve a carbon footprint target of 0.7 kgs of CO2 per kg and also to lead, support and enable all Dairy Gold suppliers achieve this target.
3: Could you briefly define the main components of sustainable farming and sustainability in the context of the Dairy Gold Tangus Joint Programme and Signpost Programme?
2: The Enhanced Joint Programme will focus on four pillars of sustainability, namely one reducing agricultural emissions, two improving water quality, three managing biodiversity on farms, and fourthly farming in an economically sustainable manner.
3: And Shanner, there are there specific Dairy Gold suppliers' farms where implementation of the joint programme is taking place and being monitored and recorded.
2: Yes, in recent months, a group of 10 Dairy Gold farmers have been selected as demonstration farms in the new Chagas Dairy Gold Joint Programme. Six of these farms are previous monitor farms from the 2018 to 2021 programme, including Jimmy Cotter, Coachford, for County Cork, Tom O'Connell in Scara, County Cork, Sean Moher, Mitchellstown County Cork, Sean Barry, Palace Green, County Limerick, and John and Brendan Walsh, Ballylubi, County Tipperary.
3: I understand in addition to these farmers, a number of new monitor farmers have joined the joint programme.
2: That's correct. Four new farmers have in fact joined the programme, including Tim O'Reardon, Morn Abbey, County Cork, Joe Morrissey, Dillon, County Cork, Tim Leader, Rathcoul, County Cork, and Raymond Goggin, Barton, County Cork.
3: All of those Dairy Gold farmers you listed in Counties Cork, Limerick, and Tipperary, I understand they'll be Dairy Gold's representatives in the Chagas-led National Signpost, Farmers for Climate Action Program.
2: Dairy Gold farmers are of course the core of the joint program. But as well as these farmers refer to, over 30 companies and organisations from the Irish agri-food sector are involved. They're all hoping to join in achieving the target of a reduction in greenhouse gas emissions by up to 15% by the target year of 2025.
3: So the farms listed will act as a testbed for on-farm carbon sequestration measures so that this can in time be taken into account by EPA in the National Greenhouse Gas Inventory.
2: Well, that's the joint programme strategy, an important first step in reducing greenhouse gas emissions from Irish agriculture, whilst also improving water quality, maintaining and increasing biodiversity and creating more profitable and sustainable farming enterprises.
3: And John, where can listeners get updates on progress with the implementation of the joint programme?
2: There will be monthly updates in the Dairy Gold, Suppliers Magazine, Milk Matters, regarding what tools each of the monitor signpost farmers are using on their farms to reduce their carbon footprint, to improve water quality and biodiversity, so as to become more environmentally and economically sustainable. Milk Matters magazine is available in hard copy from Dairy Gold Co-op superstores or online. My thanks again to Ms. Grainne Hurley, PhD, for the joint programme information contained in her feature in the July issue of the Dairy Gold Milk Matters magazine, which has greatly facilitated this Q&A on the joint programme. And thank you to Maraid for all of your work on this feature. Thank you, Maraid.
3: Thank you, John. A study of male farmers' diets and weight management shows that 62% of those in the study were overweight or obese. Just over half of farmers consider that they were about the right weight, but based on BMI calculations, they were in fact classified as being overweight or obese. However, 31% of farmers in the study were actively trying to lose weight, while a further 15% were advised by a doctor to lose weight. The study was conducted by a collaborative group from Chagask, the National Centre for Men's Health in Institute of Technology, Carlo Waterford Institute of Technology and the UCD Schools of Public Health, Physiotherapy and Sports Science and Agriculture and Food Science The study results revealed that a high proportion of male farmers' dietary habits consisted of a low intake of fruit and vegetables, dairy products and fish and a high intake of meat, fried foods, salt and sugary and or salty snacks with almost one in four farmers reporting not having consumed any fruit or vegetable the previous day One in five reported smoking and drinking alcohol one or more times weekly. The paper entitled Investigating the Dietary Habits of Male Irish Farmers to Prevent Mortality and Morbidity Calls for More Awareness and Educational Programs to Assist Farmers with Health Gain, including Diet. In total, 314 farmers participated with a mean age of 41 years. Two-thirds were full-time farmers and engaged in a range of farm enterprises.
2: Minister of State for Mental Health and Older People, Mary Butler, has advised farm families to act to appoint a successor immediately if a loved one is moving to a nursing home. Changes to the Fair Deal Nursing Home Scheme Bill, which were recently passed by the Eructus, had been under discussion since 2017. Minister Butler said changes to the Nursing Home Support Scheme, or Fair Deal Nursing Home Scheme, as it's popularly known, were essential to preserve the viability and sustainability of family farms and businesses. If the previous rule of having to pay 7.5% of the value of the family farm asset annually, in theory ad infinitum, there might be no farm left to pass on to the next generation. Under the new bill, a maximum of three years' contributions will be paid towards the cost of accommodating the family member in a nursing home. Subject to all of the conditions regarding a successor being appointed are complied with. The Nursing Home Support Scheme has a budget of €1.04 billion euro for this year to cover the cost of providing residential care for 22,500 people. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Deadline extension for use of the online system to record the movement of organic fertilizers announced with a demonstration video and May 2021 NNP statements also now available. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine are announcing that the deadline of 1st of July 2021 for mandatory use of the department's online system to record the movement of organic manures is now extended to 1st of September this year 2021. The online system updates and from 1st of September replaces the previous method of submitting paper record 3 forms. Farmers are reminded the deadline to declare movements is 31st of October 2021 for those who applied for a nitrates derogation and 31st of December 2021 for all other farmers. The Department online system for recording movements of organic manures will also update the Department's nitrates and phosphorus statements for each farmer periodically through the year to allow them to see the effect an export-import has on their overall Catalonia NNP levels. A short video demonstrating how to use the system is now available on the department's website. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marines announced that the nitrogen and phosphorus statements, NNP statements, for January to May 2021 Catalonia are now available on the department's online system. And that's at www.agfood.ie all lowercase www.agfood.ie, all case. The department points out these statements are particularly useful to allow farmers to plan for the coming year and to ensure compliance with the limits of the nitrates regulations, thus avoiding penalties for breaching the limits of 170 kgs of nitrogen per hectare or the limit for those who hold an approved derogation is 250 kgs of nitrogen per hectare farmers not already registered for agfood.ie can do so by logging on to www.agfood.ie, all lowercase, and clicking the register button. More information on the department's website. And to reiterate, the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine are announcing that the deadline of 1st July for mandatory use of the department's online system to record the movement of organic manures is now extended to 1st of September 2021. The online system updates and from 1st of September replaces the previous method of submitting paper record 3 forms. Farmers are reminded too that the deadline to declare movements is 31st of October 2021 for those who applied for nitrate derogation and 31st of December 2021 for all other farmers. John O'Connor for Farm Talk.
3: Former Munster Makra Vice President Sean Wallace, a member of Dunamore Makra, and current Munster Vice President Elaine Houlihan are behind 11 peaks in 11 weeks. The challenge is raising funds for the Irish Community Air Ambulance. Sean joins us on the programme this week and he starts by telling us where the idea came from.
7: 11 Peaks in 11 weeks. It's a fundraiser that we're doing for the Irish Community Air Ambulance. It's been organised by the current Munster Vice President of Macra na Ferma, Elaine Houlihan, from Kilmallock up in Limerick, and myself as the former Munster Vice President. Um, I suppose Macra in Munster is divided into 11 regions, um, with Tipperary divided north and south, and there's five regions then in Cork, so we have Avendu, Carberry, Immachilly, Musgrave, and Shandoon. Um, what we've been doing since May, I suppose, is we've been taking on a walk or a climb in each of those 11 regions. And we've been joined by local Macra members from each of the regions along the way. Um, we've been building up to the big one to finish off, I suppose. Our last few climbs have gone from Lockine in Carbury, Clara in Musgarey. I think we've done Mylossa in Clare and Devil's Bit in North Tip in the last few weeks as well. But our 11th and final peak is the big one, it's Caron Tuchel, and I suppose by the time this goes to air, we're hoping to be about halfway halfway up up Devil's Ladder, I think, at that stage. Um, In terms of where the idea came from, um, it it probably originated about two years ago, as I'd had the idea when I was Munster VP that I wanted to organise a fundraiser before my term came to an end in May 2021 that would support a service that would benefit the entire province. Um, Obviously, with COVID restrictions and everything, that timeline fell a bit by the wayside. Um, So when I handed over the reins to Elaine at the National AGM, um, she was fully supportive of the idea. And to be fair to her, she's done most of the organising and heavy lifting since then. Um, So that's kind of where the, the idea started and where it came from.
3: And you mentioned there, I suppose, you know, who you're doing the fundraising for and the service that the Air Ambulance provide is second to none. And it's so important. 100%
7: like it provides a vital service across the province and probably beyond that now at this stage. Um, So in case any of the listeners don't know, it's been providing an air ambulance out of Ratcool near Mill Street since, I think, the middle of 2019. Um, In 2020 alone, it responded to, I think, nearly 500 call-outs. And the first three months of this year alone, they had 127 incidents. I think as recently as Wednesday evening, I saw them flying overhead in more. Um So you can see firsthand the demand on their services. Um, a good share of what they'd call, get called out to draw their road traffic collisions, farming accidents, other urgent medical emergencies, where they can give um, life-saving help to victims quicker than an ambulance by road might necessarily be able to. Um, I suppose, particularly in rural areas, this is critical and I suspect there aren't too many communities in the county that don't know someone whose life has been saved or significantly improved because their ambulance has been available to them.
3: And uh, how has training been, Sean? Like, would you have been used to to climbing peaks and things like that or is this something totally new for you?
7: I'd have done a very, very small bit, um, but look, we've kind of started off on some of the, the less strenuous mountains and as i said we're building up to the to, to, to the to the best of them to, to carry on to on on saturday um look there was a basic level of fitness but i wouldn't say i'd have been tearing up and down mountains every weekend um no t- to be fair we've um i think i'd be i'd never be forgiven if i didn't mention stephanie blue she's um very experienced hill climber, mountaineering. She's a, another member of Kilmallock and she's made sure that we've got up and down each of them in, in one piece and and stayed together as a group. So massive credit to her as well.
3: That's brilliant. And you say there that, you know, each peak that you, you guys go to, that people from the local clubs join as well. So that's really nice to get people together, especially at the moment because clubs haven't been able to meet in person for a long time.
7: Exactly. Like I know during the last... 16, 17 months at this stage, the clubs and the regions did massive work in, you know, providing activities for their members online. Um but I think every last member is getting back to usual, you know, face to face activities and in person again. Um so look they are, to be fair, the the members across the province have really brought into the bought into the fundraiser. Um I know fifteen months of my two year term were spent on Zoom and Elaine's election campaign in the spring was online as well. So it's kind of giving me a chance to bow out a small bit and giving Elaine a chance to introduce herself to members in person.
3: And uh, and if people want to donate uh, to this fundraiser, where can they go to do so?
7: Yeah, so if they want to donate, the link can be found on the Munster Mocker Facebook page or if you're not on social media, you can go to communityairambulance.ie. Um, I know each of these call-outs for the Irish Community Air Ambulance that cost an average of 3500 And keeping the helicopter in the air for one minute costs €5 in fuel alone... Um, so every every, every donation that, that that can be given to them will will go an awful long way
2: July and early August dates for the Farm Plastics Recycling Bring Centres in County Cork Charleville Showgrounds, Monday and Tuesday 26th and 27th of July Lumberstown Dairy Gold Co-op Mallow, Thursday 29th of July Dunhamore, O'Regan's Transport Yard Coolmona, Saturday 31st of July Belgoolie GAA Tuesday and Wednesday, 3rd and 4th of August. Bandon Mart, Friday and Saturday, 6th and 7th of August. All inquiries should be made to 1890 300 or the website www.farmplastics.ie. Opening hours are generally 9am to 5pm unless otherwise stated. Farmers using the Bring Centers are kindly requested to adhere to social distancing requirements in operation at all of the Bring Centers. John O'Connor for Farm Talk.
3: we have some messages of thanks from Dairy Gold on the programme this week Dairy Gold Sustainability Advisor Kira Donovan would like to thank all suppliers who have subscribed to Dairy Gold Biodiversity Tree Project she noted that the programme is now fully subscribed. Earlier this month as part of a charity auction held in Cork Co-op Marts in Bandon in a Shannon Farmer Jared Turley generously donated a 28 month old Hereford with proceeds to be donated to Cork Arc Cancer Support House. Following some Serious bidding. The animal was eventually purchased by Podrick Toomey, procurement manager, ABP Food Group, Bandon, on behalf of the company for a sum of five thousand two hundred euro. Again, a huge thanks to Jared, his wife Sheila, and all the Hurley family. A word of gratitude also to Sean Dennehy, the Mart manager, and indeed to all the committed staff who were more than helpful in ensuring the success of the auction. Thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk program again this week. I'm Marie Tewig. Thanks for listening. Farm Talk
2: with Dairy Gold Calf Milk Replacer, offering a wide range of calf milk replacers to suit your calf's needs.
0: On C103.